Welcome to the Interactive Entrepreneur Podcast, sponsored by Interactive Accountants. Here at the Interactive Entrepreneur, we're trying to provide tips and information to entrepreneurs just like you and I. Welcome aboard. And today we're going to get a little accounting on you because we want to talk about the items in the Inflation Reduction Act that may impact fellow entrepreneurs like yourselves. The first thing that's got everybody's attention is the $80 billion in funds that are being provided over a 10-year period to the IRS. And this is going to go for enforcement, uh, for operations and support, for business systems modern, modernization, and also another 80,000 additional IRS personnel that could be hired. So let's talk about this for a moment and how does this impact us entrepreneurs? Well, the truth of the matter is, is that the IRS does need some funding. Let's face facts. Some of their systems are written in COBOL, which is a language that was like developed back in the 60s. And if you've ever tried to get in touch with the IRS through their customer service line, you know as well as I do that you're sitting there on hold for more likely at least two hours. However, that being said, you know, will all of these funds go towards customer support? Chances are no. Uh, hopefully out of these additional agents that they are going to hire, some do get posted to their customer service line, which would be great, cutting down the wait times for people that actually need help to speak with the IRS. Now we get into uh, enforcement and operation support and system modernization. So on the system modernization side, definitely, you know, this is going to be a grab for the cash with some software companies, uh, particularly, you know, spinoffs out of the big four accounting firms that are now just focused on software and consulting. The IRS systems are way, way, way outdated. They need help. So I'm all in support of that. And I do taxes for a living, so, you know, if, if I'm saying it, chances are it really needs to be addressed. Um, operations and support, I, you know, that, I think that's just, you know, dealing with uh, people that can hopefully, you know, address all of these backlog of paper filed returns that we're seeing lately as well as, you know, just these notices that are going out and nobody's there to address them. So hopefully that money gets used for some operation and support. Uh, lastly, enforcement. Um, the IRS could use some help with some of the audits. There, there are still tax cheats out there, let's face it, and, you know, they, they should be prosecuted. Um, however, there's, there's only, like, a little more than 700 billionaires in this world, and... And in the U.S., there's only about 2% of our population that's making more than $400,000. So my gut telling me that when it comes to enforcement is that they're going to be going after middle class and even low-income taxpayers. Now, some of these low-income taxpayers, you know, they go to people that aren't the most scrupulous when preparing tax returns. So I guarantee you they're going to go after that. And also for like small to medium-sized businesses, you know, where again, we have some issues there where people aren't doing the right thing, you know. <laughs> um, 
So um, I'm guessing they're going to go after some of that as well, just because, you know, when you're hiring a new person, particularly that works at the IRS, you know, they have to go through training first and foremost. And then you can't stick these people on, you know, trying to chase down Bill Gates or, you know, Warren Buffett for tax money. You know, Warren Buffett and Bill Gates have experts doing their tax returns. But you can sick them on, you know, a small business owner that's maybe self-preparing their return or, you know, not using a professional tax preparer to, to do their taxes. So that's my gut feeling is that the IRS, with this new enforcement, is going to be going after people that are, you know, low income or, or 1099 people, you know, self-employed people with crazy deductions, as well as some small businesses where things just don't look right. You know, if you're doing 250000 in revenue uh, on a corporate return and, and you have no employees, well, something just doesn't smell right there. Um, there's another provision in the, in the, in the act that deals with an extension of the limitation on net business losses. So this is a good thing. Um, these are for people that have had business losses on pass-throughs, and you know, you're going to extend the time for this to be allowing people to take advantage of their losses. It was it was set to set uh, it was set to sunset. <laughs> Say that three times fast. It was set to sunset in 2026 under the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, and now that's been pushed out a little bit further to 2028. So that's a good thing. Um, there's also a modification of the payroll tax R&D credit. So this was limited to 250000 uh, only on the Social Security, and now they're also going to allow you to apply it against Medicare payroll taxes. However, to qualify, you've obviously got to be doing R&D. You've got to be documenting that stuff correctly, uh, filing the appropriate forms, and you've also got to be under $5 million of gross receipts and be less than five years old. So that's a, a little bit of an expansion on the R&D tax credit to offset your payroll tax liability. So that was a nice incentive. There are some climate tax changes inside the bill, and we're looking at the expansion of some tax credits uh, to address climate change. So hopefully that deals with solar credits and renewable energy, uh, which we could definitely use in my opinion. Um, but also they're talking about expanding the credits for new and used electric vehicles. Now, a lot of the vehicles out there that are electric like Tesla and GM products, the credit is all used up. So if you're buying a Tesla now, new or used, there's no tax credit for you. So We'll see what expands there, and hopefully we get some good stuff out of that. Uh, what's not in the bill? This is more important. There's no changes to the estate tax, gift tax rules. There's no increases to the tax rates on high earners, which I guess it's good and bad, depending on if you're a high earner or not. There's no changes to the tax rates uh, applicable to individuals on long-term gains, so that's good. We, we get to stay at our long-term capital gain rates, which are a lot lower than ordinary rates. Um, the corporate income tax rate is going to remain flat at 21% for small companies. Uh, I won't get into the issues with the big companies now. Those are like companies making a billion dollars or more in book taxes, or book income, not book taxes, book income. So... You know, that's 
generally not um, people that are listening to this podcast, right? Um, and then there's no change on qualified small business stock exclusion, which if you want to hear more about that, feel free to reach out to me. And uh, there's no change on the like-kind exchange rules. So, you know, when you're doing like a, a 1031 exchange with property or something like that, that's awesome. That stayed around. Uh, so these are just some of the key takeaways on the bill. Like I said, I spent a lot of time uh, talking about what I feel the impacts that are most concerning, uh, especially at the IRS, you know. And people need to understand, look, the IRS, they do need more money. They do need more staff. Um, and, you know, there's some you know pictures out there about IRS going out there and getting ammunition and all this stuff. There is a division, just so people understand, there is a division of the IRS, and it's called their Criminal Investigation Unit, or CIU. And these are accountants with guns, you know, but these are ladies and gentlemen that are going out there and trying to crack down on what we call white-collar criminals, you know, people that are committing bank fraud, people that are committing, you know, heavy-duty tax fraud, and, you know, are maybe they're, you know, associated with, mafia or, or some type of other criminal organization. So those people that are doing that work uh, in conjunction with the treasury agents, yeah, they, they do need guns, you know, just like our police do. So um, they do need to have ammo. They do need to have weapons. And um, I'm happy that the criminal investigation unit is there. They serve a purpose. Um, but most of these IRS agents, I think, are going to be on the enforcement side and, and hopefully, God willing, on the operations and support side, which is really where the IRS uh, needs some help. They really do. And, and hopefully this funding, you know, gets them there. And we, uh, you know, in 10 years from now, we're going to be talking about the IRS. And it's a, it's a wonderful experience. You know what I mean? It's not like how people kind of feel about it today, which is, you know, just as bad, if not worse, than dealing with the DMV, you know? <laughs> Um, so anyway, that's my two cents on some of the key takeaways from the Inflation Reduction Act. If you have any questions about it, feel free to reach out to me. That's matt at ia.tax or check us out online at Interactive Accountants. Once again, this is, you know, a little bit of a, of a geeky podcast here. We're talking tax, which is my specialty. Um, so... I just wanted to make everybody aware about this, you know, the key takeaways that I see from the, the act that is probably going to be law by the time someone hears this. Um, again, any questions, feel free to reach out to us. And thank you for listening to the Interactive Entrepreneur.